Hey guys, welcome to the Mortgage Man podcast brought to you by Tenta Financial Advisors. In this podcast, we break down everything you need to know about buying a first home, your second home, your 10th home, investment properties, as well as touching on KiwiSaver, how to bid at auction, and of course, insuring yourself and your property. Each episode, we're either going to interview a specific guest or cover a specific topic. Now, we may not be professionals in creating podcasts, but we definitely are when it comes to buying property number one through 100. So listen up, and if you have any questions, please feel free to email us at hello at tanta.co.nz. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another informative and sweet episode <laughs> sweet of the mortgage man i'm here with chris director at tanta i'm aaron um and today we're going to follow up from the last episode hopefully you just listened to it we covered why you should buy a new build pros versus cons now we're going to talk about how um we didn't want to jam pack everything into two episodes because there's a lot of technical stuff um so yeah if you're kind of on the fence about why you should buy one go listen to that episode if you have figured out that you do want to buy one or just want more information, then we're going to cover the how. So um, I guess the two main things is how do you buy one and then how do you get finance for that? Um, and then a few other little things that you need to be aware of. So we're going to start with the two main options, I suppose, of how you buy one, which is house and land package. Um, do you want to quickly describe what that is? Yeah, so house and land package, uh, the Often the ones you see uh, advertised across the side of the road, they are typically done by developers. You buy the house and the land as one package um, and... It's like a total cost. Yeah, it's a total cost. So you'll see house and land package for $600,000, hopefully. Um, and what that means is you buy the land typically for you know, maybe 300000 and the build is going to be 300000 as well. But it's a package together. You do one and the other. Uh, and that's typically how most developers will sell their projects. Yeah, and then the next one is obviously a DIY kind of approach, which is you find the land separately, then you go find the builder separately, or if you are a builder or your mate's a builder, you can potentially get them to do the build for you. That becomes quite complicated. It is definitely a lot easier for the bank and probably for you just to get a house and land package, but you obviously have less control over that. That's correct. And I think the only times it makes sense to do DIY or just you buy the land and do the build yourself is when you've kind of got a uh, relationship and or a skill set that's going to make that a cheaper option for you. Most of the developers um, can build pretty cheap, uh, except for the, you know, there's there's always a, um, always exceptions to that rule. A few of the GJ Gardner type things are quite expensive, but um, you can't get those bits of land otherwise. They only sell them as house and land packages. But yeah, so I'd always tend towards going to those packages. They are a lot easier, a lot less stressful, and a lot easier for us to get funding for you um, or just your mortgage broker in general. So yeah. Uh, DOY, yeah. I think a DIY approach is almost more like you are now wanting to build your dream home. You've already had like 30 years of owning a house. Now you want to do it on the side while you retire. And whereas a house and land package is more of like your first home buyer kind of approach, a little bit easier. Yeah, and, and the kind of, of course they can, 
they can uh, merge or into first, each other. An investment property. Approach. Yeah, you can you can go to a Stonewood Homes or a GJ's or a Signature and design your own house as part of the package as well. Mm. But um, it is a lot harder to get your architectural. Um, you, you're kind of bound by a bunch of kit set houses, yeah. houses yeah. Uh, in that. So, yeah, yeah, typically dream homes as opposed to new build and uh, new first homes. Yeah. So. Um, we've talked about financing those things. I guess the main two that kind of fall under that house and land package purchase is either a fixed cost house and land package. So as you described, it's $600,000 for the land and the build, and that's what it's going to be. Or, and that I guess in that scenario, that is paid um, for once it's complete. So you pay your deposit to lock it in. And then you pay the rest once you've got CCC and you can move in, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to pay for anything. Yeah, that's that's correct. So those are fantastic for us. I love seeing that. You put your deposit down and you pay the um, rest on completion. It's called a turnkey build. Um, you don't pay anything until the house is built. Uh, the one risk of those is our client in the, the last episode we touched on. They, if you don't have a huge amount of skin in the game, it's... a slightly more likely the developer's going to run away from you. <laughs> Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Don't scare them off too much. No, it's a great option. <laughs> um, and then the other option, I guess, that is the main two options. Um, so fixed fixed price and then staged price build. Stage price build. build. I guess you call them progress builds. Yeah. So you... What and this is your more classic one you see at the moment because it's kind of how the developer does it. Stay and what it means is you buy the land up front, and then stage one happens. They pour the concrete, you pay them twenty thousand dollars. They put the frames up, you pay them another hundred, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and it's blocked into usually five to ten stages, and you 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 pay them as they build it. Pretty straightforward progress payments. And the main thing with that, you want to make sure it is still a fixed cost. So that's after all those payments are paid, it's still going to cost the same as what it should. Um, the downfall of that is obviously you have to start paying for your mortgage while you are renting or living elsewhere because you can't actually move in until it's finished. Yeah, and then you have two costs of rent and a mortgage, so which makes it tough in the meantime. And that's again when delays make it really tough to... Uh, I guess afford. <laughs> yeah, because also timing your end of tenancy to coincide with when your house is going to be finished. And although your house might be finished, you still have to wait for the council to sign it off, which can take three, four months. Yeah. So, and I guess the the last one, which you kind of haven't made notes on here, is on your DIY um, prog. I purposely excluded it, but I did know that we were going to put it in there because it's one of those things that we don't jump in the really want people to do because it's stressful and very much a lot of work for them. Yeah, is basically when they send you invoices as you go and you change the price as you go, please, as kind of Aaron was probably guiding me away from here, <laughs> is... Um, be very careful when you do them because costs do escalate. Banks absolutely hate it because they know costs escalate and the last thing you want to do is build a half a million dollar home and it end up costing you a million dollars. So We've all seen grand designs. Yep, the, the, <laughs> the, the classic grand design build um, as, as an option as well. But uh, yeah, stay away from that if you can. 
Yeah, and again, this is probably more your dream home, your third home, your retirement home, when you've got lots of equity and cash in your back pocket as opposed to your first home where you just want to have something a little bit more fixed and safe. Yeah, um, don't get them confused. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to re- recap, just to make sure that people aren't confused because, you know, we can cool. confuse people. So you can recap. So... Um, basic ways one you got house and land packages these can either be fixed price or turnkey so fixed price progress build sorry or turnkey build so you key key thing is fixed price this is how you pay this is what you agree on this is how much you pay that's it that's it that's it and so um turnkey are my favorite because you don't pay anything till you build uh, until it's built and therefore the whole renting versus building uh paying two mortgages at the same time is not a conversation anymore uh, and then the second one is your progress build so house and land package progress or turnkey DIY is your next option uh, you buy the land you build it yourself or you find a builder to do it again try and stay with the fixed price contract if you can um, the but often you need some kind of leeway in that but uh, those are your two options progress turnkey I think that myself, hopefully yeah. summarizes it. Don't worry, you can always call us or email us. Um, two <laughs> things that we do need to mention with builds is you will need valuations. So the bank wants to know that whatever you're building is worth what you're paying for it. Um, when is, I guess, an evaluation needed? Just yeah, so good question. The the valuations are always needed at the start of a project. So the bank wants to see what the land is worth and then again you supply the the, the plans to the valuer and so they'll give you a as is and as complete. So when the house is complete, this is what it'll be worth. And so you kind of need that up front. If you're doing a DIY, the bank may ask for you to do progress valuations. So if you're building it yourself, they may ask a valuer to go check how much your house is worth as you're building it before they'll give you more money. So if you've pulled down 250000 of your $500,000 build, they'll request a valuer to go around and say, yes, the work they've done is actually worth the money we've given them and they're on track to finish. So... Um, you will always need one with a turnkey. Again, you're not actually paying anything until it's finished, so you only need a valuation at the very end before you buy it. So what happens nice. if they've got unconditional paid the deposit to this developer? They are ready to move in, they just need that final sign-off for the valuation, and then it comes back lower than the price they agreed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this is where we have problems. So, Which doesn't happen very often, by the way. No, but um, it can happen. And, and basically, the banks will, will be a little bit lenient, but not really. They kind of will only ever lend you 80% or 90%, if you were pushing for that 90% loan, yeah. of the price you paid or the valuation, whichever is lower. So an example would be, let's say you've agreed to buy this new build for a million dollars, you get it valued at 950000 so you're $50,000 short basically. Yeah, so the bank's going to lend you 80% of the $950,000 valuation, not the million dollars you paid for it, uh, which leaves you in a kind of a pickle. Um, hopefully you've saved some cash while they're building it because you're going to need to find that yourself. 
Yeah. Um, or the other option is negotiate with the builder and say, hey, look, <laughs> you've built a house that's not worth what you said it is. Can we meet somewhere in the middle and hopefully you find an agreement there? Yeah. Yep. So, um, which is what I've done once, not on a build, but on an existing property. The valuation came back less than what I had offered to pay for it, and the owner just said, cool, I'll give give it to you for the valuation price, yeah. which was quite lucky. Hopefully it's not a $50,000 gap. Uh, hopefully it's a five to $10,000 gap, and so it's not a big an issue, but it can happen. Uh, most of them, they price, what normally happens is you price in, so you buy the, the new build at today's price. So a house, a four bedroom house today is worth $600,000, um, then, it's not built for two years normally the house goes up in value over the two years so it's not normally an issue but if it we're in a market where it has gone down that's where we may have the issues which i don't think is going to happen yeah so but we need to let you know that scenario <laughs> just in case and the last thing we've already kind of touched on before is sunset clauses which is a clause in the contract which basically says that if the developer has not finished the house within or by this date which is usually two or three years away then they have the right to um, exit the contract which sounds like a positive for you because you're like cool then I get my money back and I can go buy something else but sometimes you have some dodgy guys that purposely extend out their build so that they can use that clause and therefore you get your deposit back but now you have to go find a house within a market that is usually more expensive so do we have any tips to reduce the risk of that happening? And I think it comes down to two main ones. Definitely. Good do, lawyer. Good lawyer. And find a developer that has a good track record. Yeah, do your do due diligence. I would always ask if the developer has done another project somewhere else. Go do a drive-by of that one. If it's currently being built, see where it's at, or one that's finished. See if it looks tacky or... Um, terrible you know sometimes it's their first one and this you know you've got to give them a little bit of leeway but make sure you do your, your due diligence maybe even go talk to someone who bought one of those other developments and, and see what their experience was like or real estate agents who have dealt with these guys before get their opinion on it but definitely definitely do your due diligence get the clauses and the contract read by a lawyer and explained in plain English what they mean sometimes when you say there's you get a contract that's 40 to 50 pages long and only three pages are relevant make sure you kind of get someone to help you understand which ones and what you're getting yourself into um, yeah Good advice. So those would be my biggest my biggest things get someone to help you and do your due diligence check them out scope them out yeah, because you, can, you can negotiate that sunset clause um, to suit you a little bit better. Um, I have heard of a vendor's, a ven not a vendor, a purchaser's sunset clause before as well, uh, but that's something you need to talk to with your lawyer. I think, I think the last bit of advice, don't be afraid to ask them to change things. Just because they say this is what we're selling doesn't mean that they're locked in for that. If you don't like that particular wall there or the bathroom there, don't be afraid to ask if they can move it. Don't be afraid to ask if they can change clauses in the contract. So don't be afraid to, to challenge them on what they're selling you because it's not built yet and it can be changed. Sweet. So as always, if you have questions, 
hello at tanta.co.nz, chris at tanta.co.nz, aaron at tanta.co.nz, that is with two A's. Um, you can also download the new build guide that we've just created, www.tanta.co.nz forward slash new build guide. Makes sense, right? Um, talk to you guys soon. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And uh, until next time. Thank you. Catch you later. <laughs>